This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 375 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and TotalSaddleFit.com. Tonight we have Benjamin Vava, who was chef to keep for Region 9 during the North American Junior and Young Rider Championships. Judge Dolly Hannon joins us for the freestyle segment of our Through the Levels with the Judge series, and Ben helps us with the Total Saddle Fit Trainer Tip. Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show with our producer, Jen, who's going to join us today. Hello. Hi, Jen. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing fabulous. I have wine. <laughs> I, you and me both, sister. I forgot mine. There you go. That's, why, oh. that's, that's my problem today. That's where the difficulty that's is. That's where it is. That's yeah. the problem right there. Really well, Glenn couldn't join us for the segment, but he did pop in with us a little bit earlier. And this is what Glenn had to chat with us about. Well, Glenn, you've got something cool you want to talk to us about. That's right. Thanks for having me on your show for a couple of minutes. And I wanted to thank you guys and congratulate everybody. It is the eighth birthday of eighth anniversary of the Horse Radio Network. We started August the 8th of 2008 was the first episode of Stable Scoop that went out. And we did a special episode over on Stable Scoop. One of our auditors, one of our listeners interviewed Helena and I with questioners submitted or questions submitted by the listeners. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, And also, as of right when we're recording this, I'll be putting out very shortly the 4900th episode on the Horse Radio Network. Wow. That's amazing. Congratulations to both you and Jennifer. Like, you had the vision, and it's so cool. Congratulations. That's amazing. But, you know, we wouldn't have got there without all you guys putting out episodes. So thank you so much for doing that. That's right. We just keep talking and talking and talking. Several hundred of those episodes. That's right. Yeah, thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. I'm enjoying my my third month. My continuous third month. Yes, uh, your third month again and again. Yeah, again and again and again. But we think that we're just over 6,200 guests that we've interviewed uh, on all the shows. Wow. And uh, millions of downloads. About $30,000 in prizes we've given away over the years. Mm. And and we have listeners in 92 countries. So there you go. Good job, everybody. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for all, to all the sponsors. We have terrific sponsors. And, of course, Karen at Kentucky Performance Products was our first sponsor back, uh, back eight and a half awesome. years, or, you know, seven and a half years ago. She was our first sponsor and has been with us ever since and never has missed a month. She's fantastic. So. Kentucky Performance Products. And we love, we talk about the products, but she really is an amazing person and, and someone to answer. Yeah, I can ask any question about nutrition and she she's on it and if she doesn't know the answer she'll figure it out she's really cool and of course justin from total saddle fit has we been love a justin sponsor too. for years uh, almost as long as you've been on so mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, he's been, yeah we so love the products from him and uh it's, he's been a great supporter for our show and we've had him on a few times also and it's been great 
You know what? I, I have to be honest. I called Justin. I was having a horrible saddle fitting problem uh, on, on a new horse. Um, and I, I literally sent him a picture and I said, Justin, I don't know what to do. Like I felt terrible. And he sent a new pad that has changed the whole deal. And unbelievable. It's one of the wither relief pads. Uh, and I didn't, I've never had a horse with such high withers and solved the problem. So Justin's like the magic, the magic guy around our house. So <laughs> thumbs up to Justin. But he's just like that for everybody. Like if you have a saddle fitting question, he's your guy. He can, he can fix it. It's great. So on your show with sponsors, we have the inside and the outside of the horse covered. <laughs> yes, yeah, we try. <laughs> we try well thank you guys thanks to all the listeners and the auditors and all the fans of the dressage radio show the dressage radio show you know is, is pretty old too it's been around <laughs> a long time it was i think the third or fourth show that we started wow. uh, you know all those years ago so thank yeah, you, you know so the, much. the crazy dressage people are going to support uh you know anything yes. dressagey right <laughs> well and i can tell you the first show now chris was uh hosting it then but the first show was May twenty second of two thousand nine. There you go. There you wow. Go. Yeah. Wow. So it's it's there just a little a little less than a year. Yeah, it was within a year we started this show. So Yay. Yeah. There you go. Yay. Very cool. Well, Thanks, congratulations. Guys. Congratulations. Well, Jennifer, congratulations. You get a huge shout out from us too, as always. And we love when you join us on our show. We don't always get get your company and we're glad you're here tonight. I get I feel so inspired after I get to do I record your show. I just want to go out and go out and ride. Go and ride. Yeah. <laughs> go ride. That's what we want. That's what we go for every yeah, week. It's kinda of sort of the middle of the night, but I still want to go out and ride. <laughs> yeah, it's a little late now. It's probably still light kind of. Well, it's, it's, it's so cool enough light. to ride now, I think. It is yeah, finally ride, cool sure. enough to ride. Now, <laughs> I would have to put on uh, a scuba mask to ride in the arena right now because we got four inches of rain yesterday. Wow. All oh, in wow. about three hours. Wow. So, wow. yeah, it's kind of swimmy out there in the arena. Yeah, you can't ride. No, for sure not. <laughs> well, Jen, um, you have the Olympic schedule. Am I, am I right with this? I'm, I'm going to have to write down everything as well. Well, I, ha- I sort of have the Olympic okay. schedule. <laughs> the, everybody's really thrilled because this year NBC is streaming 100% of the equestrian sports Woo-woo. at the Olympics. It's nice. all going to be streamed. That's so cool. The hard part is finding out which parts are going where and what time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, I found out that the team dressage... Grand Prix Day 2, which is the 11th of August, is going to be on NBC from 3.45 to 4.30 p.m. Eastern. That's not very Ooh. long, is it? That's only 45 minutes. Yeah, the horses are eating late that day. Yeah. Now, <laughs> or maybe Eastern we can time. pause it. That's yeah, Eastern, Eastern time. We can pause it. <laughs> okay. And awesome. also, uh, on the 15th of August, Individual Dressage Final Grand Prix Freestyles. Woohoo! The best part. Freestyle day. Uh, it's going to be on USA Network. And that's going to be from 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. And that's going to be broadcast live. Awesome. Nice. The other Very week, cool. Yeah. Now, again, all of the horse sports are being streamed live. So if you go to NBCOlympics.com, best of luck navigating the website. <laughs> it's it's a beautiful website with lots of pretty colors and nice pictures. It is a little tough to, to navigate, but it is all being streamed live there. So I would encourage you well before your favorite sport is ready to start to go in there and figure <laughs> out how to, how to actually make it stream. It will probably become dead obvious on the day. 
there's probably going to be a big button there, you know. Potentially put it on the Dressage Radio Show Facebook so we all can all figure it out to get there. Something. <laughs> I will, we've been putting links to the NBCOlympics.com website as many places as we can. Um, cool. Because all of it is there, and I have found it all. But like I said, right now it's a little tough to navigate. I would just suggest on the day when the Olympics start, go click on it. It's easy to find Tuesday. Here are the sports on Tuesday. That's cool. easy to find, but the live buttons that give you the ability to actually watch it mm. are not there. They can't put them up yet. Mm. So that's that's what makes it a little bit confusing. But I Got have it. confidence that our tech-savvy audience will figure it out. Love <laughs> it. And then tell us non-tech and, people. And this, this is the year of ratings. Um, this whole hoopla about uh, Olympic uh, equestrian sport being eliminated from the Olympics. Hoopla, hoopla, worry, worry. Well, us, chocolate on the chopping block, uh, a very, very important part of what's going to keep the equestrian sports in the Olympics are the downloads and the viewership on your TV and on your computer. They take a very, very serious look at that. So I encourage everybody. Everybody set set everything. Watch it on your computer and put it on every TV in your house. Every TV in your house, download it on your pod, your computer, your neighbor's computer. We need those download numbers because they hold significant weight on what sports stay uh, on those Olympic venues. We can do it. We're good at that, aren't we? Absolutely. We're we're really good at that. Love it. So there you go. (laughs) Fantastic. I love it. Well, right after this commercial break, we're going to come back with Ben Fab. He is going to talk about the North American Young Rider Championships, and we want to give a shout out to all the riders and competitors there. Uh, he's going to talk a little bit about uh, who we saw and what happened. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Feeding your horse starch-laden grains can lead to colic, laminitis, and metabolic disease. Today, nutritionists are recommending the use of high-quality fat to provide healthy calories. Fat is an extraordinary energy source. It's readily utilized by the horse and contains more than two times the calories of starchy grains. Replacing grain with a high-quality fat supplement reduces a horse's risk of developing health problems. Equijoule Stabilized Rice Bran is an excellent fat supplement. It contains a balanced calcium to phosphorus ratio and won't cause mineral imbalances when added to the diet. Its all-natural ingredients are high in healthy fat and fiber. And best of all, horses fueled by Equijoule stay calmer and more focused on the job at hand. When you need to add healthy calories to your horse's diet, choose Equijoule. To learn more, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. Well, tonight we are so happy to have Ben Fobb. He is an FEI rider and trainer close to Dallas, Texas, in Argyle. Ben, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, you're also a good friend of Phil and I, and we've been trying to get you on the show now forever, and we finally grabbed you. I know. I know we've talked about it for a while. Yeah, we're super excited, and we have lots to talk about with you. First is uh, you are building a new barn, right? Yes, I am. Very Uh, excited. It's really cool to see, you know, it was literally just land and, you know, watch the excavating and now see the buildings go up and plan it all, and it's it's really fun, you know. And we've all been to so many different barns, so you know what's practical, what works, what doesn't work. So it's neat to kind of create something that's really beautiful and useful. I'm sure we'll make a couple mistakes, but um, <laughs> I think it's gonna be pretty good. <laughs> oh, that is awesome! So. 
We asked you to come on because we are actually doing a Young Rider show today, and, and you were at Young Riders, so you were the chef to keep of the Region 9 team, so tell us about it. How was yes. it? it? You know, it was really, really fun. It was my first year going as a chef. Um, last year, I went because I was training uh, one of the Young Riders from Texas, Cassie Schmidt is her name, and their current chef then, he didn't have the time to do it anymore, so I was kind of shadowing him last year. And they sort of like hinted they wanted me to do it, but they weren't quite sure either. And they, you know, they asked me if I wanted to do it, and I said, "Yeah, sure." It's a, I think it's a great way to give back a little bit. You know, you're there for a week. You definitely take a week off work, and it's a lot of um, time commitment during the show because you know you're there from morning until night. It's easily like fourteen, fifteen hours during the show every day. Um, but it was it was really fun, you know. It's a, I think, it's such a great cause. It's the future of the sport, mm-hmm. you know. I think we all should support it. Absolutely. So, what is what does the chef do? I mean, what's the what's the role of the chef? Yeah. So it's actually has for the young writers, it has nothing to do with training. Um, it's more like I go to all the meetings. I make sure they all know when they're riding, where they're riding, you know, the order of go, where's the jog, where's you know the schooling arena. Uh, do we wear coats? Do we not wear coats? Um, they basically want the chef to be the middleman between show management and the athletes and the parents. Because they don't want all the parents to run to the show office every five minutes. They want just one person to be the spokesperson for the region. And that's sort of the gist of it. <laughs> Did you have any tough parents? I want to know. <laughs> you know, we really didn't. Um, this year... Um, was very good. I've been warned. I've heard lots of stories um, from literally fist fights through chairs being thrown in the aisle. And our group was great. And we had no trouble. But um, I do think, you know, I was worried, like, oh, I wonder if the kids are going to be, you know, emotional or difficult. Or, but from what I hear, it's really not the kids that cause yeah. problems, if there are any. <laughs> So this here represented a, a change in the young riders in the location, right? You had to go all the way to, to Colorado. Normally, they're hosting in, in Kentucky. So uh, talk to us a little bit about yeah. that venue. You know, most people probably haven't seen it, been out to Colorado and how that worked for the, for the competition. Yeah, I have not been to the Colorado Horse Park before. I've been to Lexington, you know, before for nationals and for young riders. Um, and young riders was at the Colorado Horse Park before, but that was, I think, in 08 or 06, maybe, so I wasn't there. And, you know, Bellissima owns it now, so they've changed quite a bit, and it's really quite nice. It's a lot... Um, everything is a lot closer than Lexington. You know, the barn is right there, the warm-up is right there, and the show ring is right there. So it was a little bit... Actually, I saw it a little bit more intimate and maybe a little bit less... Um, scary for some of the riders, you know, especially the really younger ones that are 14, 15 years old. Um, yeah. At the same time, you don't have the big Rolex. You know, I'm sure that's exciting for a lot of us, you know, if you get to ride in that. Um, but it's still a very lovely competition arena. Um, there was a lot of worry ahead of time because of the altitude, you know, because it's in mm-hmm. Parker, Colorado. So it was like, I think it's almost 6,000 feet. Um but that really wasn't an issue. Like, none of our riders had trouble. No horses. And I've heard conflicting things. I don't know for sure. But from what I gather, is that horses really don't have problems with it at all. Um, 
the only thing, like, it's very dry. You know, there's, like, no humidity. So it was stressed that we make make everyone drink a lot of water. And it can get hot there. And it definitely, the sun is intense because it's so high up. But overall, it's, it was lovely. And, you know, I'm from Texas. It was, like, 102 degrees when I left. <laughs> and then Colorado was down to, like, in the 60s at night. And the afternoons got toasty. It was, like, I think the highest was, like, 85 you're, yeah, so. but you're like, this is nothing. It's like that when I wake up. I know. Texas. <laughs> yeah. uh, it literally. <laughs> um, I, I have actually been to Parker, Colorado. I went the last time Young Riders were there. And um, okay. that was like 2001. It was a long time ago, you know. And I will, yeah. I will be honest, we did, um, we did have a problem with the altitude. Uh, that was my sister and I, uh, you know. You're sensitive. You know, yeah, my sister, oh, my poor sister, she, like, couldn't keep anything down for a week, and I did fine, and it, it was awful, and then um, I was okay until the very last day, and I think, I think that's what happens, you, if you can have, like, trouble, and so I finished my individual yeah. test, and I, like, fell off onto my dad, and he, I woke up with a, in the golf cart, <laughs> so I, oh, I remember, there, yeah, I remember there being some issues with, that we had, um, but again, we're from Kentucky, and very yeah we had one girl that got a little nauseous um but nobody fainted and fell off or anything so there was you know no serious trouble with it and and how was the riding this year i mean what did you what did you feel about you know all the kids that that rode a canadian won right a canadian won the yay phil um no um you know region one region region one young uh, one young riders that uh nicholas hansen Nice. Nicholas Hansen trains, name, he, trains right. with a Canadian, uh, oh, Jackie Brooks. Okay. Yeah, with Jackie. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, you could have claimed him. And he had a lovely ride. Really, really nice. He won. Well, actually, he won all three gold medals. He won all they three tests, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. He won the Very three-star, the individuals, and then his team won. And there was a really lovely horse and rider in the juniors that won. Jenna was her name from Region 3. Really beautiful Grammy horse. And I saw him the first day of school and I was like, oh, that's a nice horse. They were definitely <laughs> several horses. You know, you look at like, oh, he looks fun to ride. Yeah. Um, lots of good riding and everyone really takes it seriously. It was nice. You know, there was all the coaches are there. Everybody, everybody works hard. And of course, Charlotte and George were there, which was great. And then they offer, you know, I mean, everybody can take lessons and it's, yeah. it's paid for. They don't have to pay for it. So it's really, that's really cool. it's a, it's a really great program. I talked with both of them a bit and they're really, they're really committing their life to it right now. You know, they're traveling all over the place. They're doing the clinics. Um, they're at, you know, obviously during the competition, but they even go to some of the qualifiers. Um, so there's a big effort being made and people are taking advantage of it. And it was nice to see that all the trainers would welcome it and they would sit with George or Charlotte and, you know, coach the kids together and you know I, I see how somebody would be concerned like oh I don't want to change anything the day before a competition and both of them are the first ones to say no like we're not here to change anything we're supporting you we want to build on your system we would never you know completely change your way of riding or you know 
not take a chance on that. So that was really, yeah. really nice to see. And both, both of those, those uh, trainers are seasoned riders, seasoned competitors. They've helped people, you know, at horse shows forever. And, and I think that, like you said, it's a free service and, and they are around the country. You should really look, you know, look into that for your kid yeah. or if you know someone, because there are these free clinics that happen. You have to apply and there's, there's a system. Uh, but once you get to the young riders, uh, they're there for you, actually. The, the, the Federation pays for them to be there. So was, you have to sign up through Ben, through your chef to keep, who would be Ben. Um, and, and he signs, right? He said, you signed everybody up if they wanted it. Yeah, either that. I mean, they were so approachable, though. They welcome the kids walking up to them and introducing themselves and saying, like, awesome. hey, you know, this is my horse. Um, do you have time for me? And they would hand out their cell phone numbers and text with the riders directly. I mean, it was really... Oh really friendly like there's no need to be intimidated or you know thinking they could not be approached awesome so ben did you have any of your own students that you were traveling with and and helping and coaching as well for the young riders not this year the girl i was helping last year she started college and um one of her good horses was not sound for a while um so he was out so i didn't have a rider there to coach and in hindsight um it was actually good because I thought, oh, it can't be that much work to be there, you know, but right. you run around a lot <laughs> um, between the meetings and, you know, then we escort the riders up and down to the warm-up and to the ring, making sure they have the numbers, you know, all the credentials. There's another part I was responsible for. So it's a lot of um, official work, and it was, really, it was really neat to really see a show from that angle. And it's a, you know, it's, it's a big show. It's structured just like the Olympics are structured. So it's um it's cool to get a little bit of an inside, you know, from behind the scenes. Cool. Cool. That's and and cool. did you come did you come away from the show with any, you know, good tips or advice that you that you could share with our listeners about, you know, maybe young riders or just a big competition in general? Yeah, definitely. Like from a um I think first of all I think I want to encourage everyone to do it. It's such a great program. Um, yes, it's very competitive and there are a lot of very good expensive horses, but I think even if you don't have the most expensive horse, like work hard for it. Um, it is such a great program to do. And Nicholas horse, he, I think he couldn't pass the jog at festival last year and this year he won all three gold medals. So, you know, it's definitely go for it if somebody is interested and, you know, talk to your coaches, the regional coordinators, look up the qualifying shows and, you know, try out. And you can always declare. I think it's only $50 to declare and you don't have to decide until you have some of your scores. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a great program and, and you have access yeah. to people like yourself and, and a lot, you know, there are a lot of people around that want, want to do that. So, you know, it's a fantastic way to go. So, well, Ben, thank you so much for coming on the show. How can our listeners find you online? The best thing is probably um, my business Facebook page. That's BP Dressage. Um, my website is bpdressage.com as well. Um, and I'm on Instagram as well. So find me, add me, um, and all my other contact information is on the website as well. Of course, email or my cell phone number is on there too. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Ben, and good luck with the new farm. Well, 
Phil, we are coming back with our, everyone's loving this series, including you and I, because we learn something every time. Uh, but we are coming back now with our Through the Level series, and we are uh, looking at all of the lower level freestyles in this next group with uh, Janet L. Hannon, or Dolly Hannon, as she likes to be known, and she does a fantastic job. She's uh, the chairperson of the USDF Freestyle Committee. So I hope you enjoy. Well, this evening for our continued series of Through the Levels from the Judge's Perspective, we have Janet L. Hannon, also known as Dolly Hannon. She is the chair of the USDF Freestyle Committee. She's a certified instructor, and she's also active in the Western Dressage community. Welcome, Dolly. Thank you for having me. Well, we are super happy to have you. And, you know, being chair of the Freestyle Committee, we decided that, and we have given freestyles in this series zero love. So (laughs) I thought it was a great way to, uh, you know, to kind of open the conversations for freestyles. And uh, same thing, we'll talk a little bit about the purpose and why you do it and how you do a good one. So uh, if we'll just get this party started, there is a training level freestyle, right? Yes, there is a training level freestyle uh, that came in recently, and there have been a lot of uh, people asking for a training level freestyle, and unfortunately, we'll see if it ticks off, but we haven't seen as much interest in terms of performing them as we'd hoped. However, it's done a lot in Pony Club. There's also um, lower level freestyles in Western Dressage, so we have one as well. It's pretty straightforward. All lower-level freestyles have a maximum time of five minutes. There's no minimum time. And at training level, basically, you can't, uh, with this last series of freestyle tests, you can't include anything really from a higher level because we realized um, that we were not in compliance with USCF rules. In the past, you could include some transitions from a higher level, but now unless it's specifically noted on the freestyle score sheet, you can't do that. So there's still a little confusion about that. We get a lot of questions in the USCF office about what's allowed and what is not allowed, but I I think people are starting to understand. Anyway, at training level, you must show there are compulsory elements. When you look at the freestyle test, all of them, there's a technical side and an artistic side. The technical side is scored the way any test is scored. And um, basically what's included are the requirements of the highest test of the level. So if we look at the training level freestyle, you have to show 20 meters continuous free walk and medium walk. Um, Sometimes people will try to get a little creative and break it into segments, but that doesn't work. It's got to be continuous. And if you read the score sheets and read the rules, guidelines, and definitions on the USTF website, you'll get a lot of information about what's expected and what must be included and what the rules are concerning freestyles. You must include a 20-meter circle in working trot both directions, and they're scored individually. You must include a serpentine in the trot and a stretchy trot circle or a stretchy chewy trot circle, as some people call it. You also must include a 20-meter circle in working canter, both left and right. Then there's a score for transitions. Both scores are halts, as in all the freestyle tests. And then there's a few collective marks at the bottom um, that talk about the gates, the impulsion, the submission. If we look at the bottom of the training level score sheet, 
it talks about what's not allowed and what is allowed. Basically, you know, there's you can't include any first level movements in a training level freestyle. You can include a trot, halt, trot. That's one distinction. You don't have to show walk steps. Um, you can show trot, canter, trot, but you must have 20 meters between the two canter transitions. So, excuse me, canter, trot, canter. I can talk with 20 meters in between. And um, you may also show a trot, serpentine, or single loop. Uh, the loops cannot be smaller than 15 meters. So that's the only thing that's specific to training level at the bottom. The artistic impression of all the lower level freestyles is the same, except the coefficients are a bit different. So if you're thinking about a freestyle, you want to look this over and think about what's being emphasized with the coefficients. The coefficients are movements that um, have multiple scores for movement. So, um, for example, in the training level freestyle, the harmony between horse and rider, which is the first artistic score, has a coefficient of score of four, and on the first and second level test, it has a coefficient of three. So that's just important to know the difference. Yeah, for and sure. As I and said, to check, we don't like you said, checking is important. Yeah, double check. Yeah, double read check. the material that, that's the out sheet. there. Yeah. Yep, it's out yeah, there. There's a lot of material, and there's there's um, e-track. USDF has a has an educational. Um, program called eTrack that um, has different um, series online. Very helpful. They also have podcasts like this one um, where they are um, interviewing people and getting information out there. So again, you just can't have too much education. And I haven't seen many training level freestyles except in Pony Club rallies. I did see a very good one in Las Vegas. Um, it's possible. Absolutely. If someone's trying to work on their show nerves or someone, you know, would like to ride to music, they certainly can do it now. We see many, many more at first level than we do at training level. But, you know, we'll see what the future brings. Yeah. So let's let's go right into the first level. So um, All right. is, isn't it true, though, there, there are requirements at each level? Like, I'm not sure about training level, but I know at first level you have to get a certain score at what, – what is that? You, you can't just go and well, enter a freestyle, correct? No, no. You can't just go and enter a freestyle. You have to have a minimum score of 60% at the highest test of the level to show any freestyle. So if you wanted to do a training level freestyle, you must have a training three score of 60%, and you have to submit that test with your entry in order to enter a freestyle class. So the same thing is true for all the the freestyles you have to have a minimum score to enter what if you're going to show that test test three at that competition on the first day and on the second day you, you want to do your freestyle does that occur if they have multi if there are multiple shows you could do it but you can't do it within one show okay you have to do it ahead of time so for example you know i, I don't know about your area but here we have quite a few shows that are you have multiple shows on one weekend and you could hypothetically, I would have to put a note into the to the show secretary. You could enter frame three on Friday and show number one, and show a freestyle on Sunday if you get the score. But then, if you didn't, 
you know, you'd be scratching at the last minute. So that's, I, I think in general, I really haven't heard of anybody trying to do that. Maybe they have, but I haven't heard of anybody yeah, trying us, to qualify at the same show. Yeah, oh, all right. For, um, he's he's okay, Canadian. He's Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, there yeah. you go. So we have the same okay. show that is held over three, three or four days. And then, you know, uh-huh. um, you kind of, you can get your scores. But, but in the situation, like you said, you could definitely not get the score and then have yeah. to scratch your freestyle. And then you just have to, you'd have to scratch the class. But yeah. in general, it's pretty clear. You have to include a copy. I mean, I guess if you knew the show manager or secretary, I don't know. But I haven't heard of anybody doing that. So I would not recommend doing that. Yeah, Go exactly. to a show, get your score, and then you can post center. There's another thought. You know, you could try to post center a freestyle class. If you have your score, not a problem. Right. Yeah. Love it. So, so with first level, uh, we're moving on. What, what are the requirements at first level? Okay. The requirements at first level, again, 20 meters of free walk and medium walk. You have to show a 10 meter circle in the trot, both left and right, a leg yield in the trot, both left and right, lengthen stride in the trot. It's not required to show it both directions. 15 meter circle in canter or larger. You used to be able to do smaller circles. You can't anymore. Both left and right. Change of lead through the trot, both left and right. And at least one lengthened stride in the canter. Both halts are scored. And then again, there's some technical scores at the bottom of the freestyle test. If we look at the bottom, there are some additionally allowed movements. Um, and they are for first level turn in the forehand, any configuration of leg yield. Um, you can do a lengthened trotter canter on a 20 meter circle. However, I would generally not recommend it just because it, it's hard for the horse to stay balanced. Um, I've seen people do it well where they did a half a circle and then continued their lengthening, but I haven't seen anybody recently perform a good lengthening on a 20 meter circle. That's something that the horses seem to need a little more balance for. You can also do a canter serpentine and you can do counter canter. So there are definite ways to raise the degree of difficulty and make it more interesting. Uh, you just have to be careful that you're not performing an illegal movement. I uh, judged quite a few freestyles this past year and several first level competitors included a walk to canter transition, which is not allowed and could potentially give you a deduction of four points from the technical side for including it. So I still think there's still a little confusion about transitions that can be included, but the the score sheet is very clear. If you really read the score sheet, you know what you can include and what you cannot. So is it, uh, as far as the scoring goes, it's a minus four for every movement that's, uh, that's included above the level? Well, you don't see very many, but, and you can't, let's say somebody potentially did two walk to canters. They would get one deduction of four points from the technical side. But let's say, just say hypothetically, someone came in in a first level freestyle and clearly, it has to be clear, can't just be a mistake, clearly went walk to canter and clearly included, let's say, shoulder in. Um, That would be um, two deductions of four points. So, but you just don't, you don't, I mean, other than walk to canter, I have yeah. seen very few forbidden movements try to be included. The people just don't do that. So it's generally not, not, um, a huge issue. The artistic side, 
is the same. If we have time, we can talk a little bit about the artistic marks, but we probably should go through second level in terms of what's included, and then, because the artistic side might take a little little time to talk about. There's a lot to be included. Um, if you look also at the score sheet, you know, more information on the score sheet, it talks about um, the rules, uh, the time yes. limit. You know, yes. The writer has 45 seconds to signal to start the music and must enter, and we did have a rule change last year, that said, at the discretion of the judge at sea, you must enter the ring within 20 seconds of the music starting. And it also says that music must cease at the final salute. There were some people that had some, you know, exit music, but that's not allowed. Mm -hmm. So um, I like, personally, the rule change about the discretion to eliminate someone for not getting in the ring within 20 seconds, because sometimes something happens. You know the horse spooks, or the music's really loud, and there's you know. So, I think that that was a that was a good rule change, and um, I think I said this before, but I'll say it again. All the freestyles are scored in full or half points on the left side, but artistic impression may be given in one tenth tenth points. And the nice thing about that is that those are used. We have fewer ties, so it's very helpful in terms of the classes and judging that the judges use those 10 points because it makes a difference in terms of distinguishing, you know, the differences between the freestyles you see. And then one other thing I want to mention, if the music fails before or during a freestyle test, uh, the rider can, with the permission of the judge at sea, leave the arena or start at a later time. This happens. This happened to me last week. The music failed and they had to go get another CD. So we, we let the next person go, and then we brought the other person back in. And, should, and it clearly states there should be minimum interference with the starting times of the other riders. And if the rider decides to either start from the beginning or from where the music failed, which is sometimes hard to just pick up where it failed, the scores that are already given stand. So if someone started from the beginning, the scores that were already given would Say that you would not rescore the movements that you see. It would just be the movements you have not seen. So that's kind of important. Yeah, that's important to know. Yeah. yeah, they don't know. They're thinking, no. "Oh, great." I mean, I've, and and the judge also. Let's say something horrible happens, or let loose horse. A horse gets bucked off in the next ring. A horse gets bucked off. A rider gets bucked <laughs> off in the next ring. Um, the judge can stop a freestyle in terms of safety. So sometimes safety issues come up and. You know, we have to make a call on that. Not not often, thank goodness. But safety once in a while. first, of course, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. safety first, absolutely. We keep trying. All right. So if we move on to second level, and then, as I said, we, we can talk about the artistic side because it's uh, fairly involved. At second level, um, you again must include twenty meters of continuous free walk and twenty meters of continuous medium walk. You must show shoulder in both directions, both left and right. And we recommend really a minimum of 14 meters per um, occurrence, just because if you don't give your horse time to get settled within a movement, the judge may not be able to see that it's clearly a shoulder in. So I would recommend at least 14 meters to make sure the judge sees what you're doing, especially when people are trying to be creative. They'll put some movements in different places, and if the or, judges yeah, or off the wall, you know, yeah. not sure, like that, right? yeah, the scores go yeah. down. So the 
sometimes creativity in, in obscuring movements really cost you. Um, you must also show Travair and or Ron Barrett trot both directions. Travair's haunches in, Ron Barrett's haunches out. Medium trot, you don't have to show it both directions. 10-meter circle or larger in canter, both left and right. Simple change of lead, both left and right. And competitors need to remember that a simple change means canter, walk, canter. So if there are trot steps, you have to show walk steps. If you get a little nervous or your horse is nervous and you blast through the movement so that it turns into canter, trot canter, you're going to get a very low score. So it's very important to take your time. It's better to settle the horse and show clear walk than to rush through and get a low score there. Counter canter, both leads, both left and right. Medium canter, at least one direction. Again, both halts at the beginning and the end of the test are averaged. And if you look at the score sheet, there are preliminary scores, and then the judge averages it. If it's a straight average, it's easy. If not, then the judge makes a decision. Um, and it's interesting. Sometimes if you look, you know you did, let's say hypothetically, two shoulder ends each way, and you only see two or three scores there. Well, again, it must be clear to the judge. I really can't emphasize that enough. You need to, if you're thinking about your freestyle, Know what it looks like from C. And also, if you're thinking about going to regional finals or the finals, you need to know what it looks like from the side. If you have panel judging, you need to know what that judge sees. If they can't figure out what you're doing, you're not going to be happy with the score. Um, let's see. Getting back to the second level score sheet, if we go down to the bottom. Additionally allowed at second level, half turn on the haunches, no more than 180 degrees. I saw someone recently do a 360-degree turn on the haunches both directions, which oh, no. did not yeah, did not enhance the performance. I did give her the four-point deduction. Um, I was, you know, probably being mean, but that's the rule, so it's not yeah. being mean. <laughs> rules are rules. I just yeah. I wrote on the test. I said, "Look, you, you need." To. It doesn't. It didn't. It, it, the thing about it is, it wasn't hard for the horse. She did perform it well, but it didn't enhance her freestyle. It took up a lot of time, mm-hmm. and it's clearly above the level. So when it Get says it no more than one eighty degrees, it means it. Now, if someone just overturns a bit, we're not there with the microscope, so that's not the intention. But I could, you couldn't miss this one. It was clearly turning and turning and turning. Um, let's see, trot circles, ten meters or larger. They're not scored on the score sheet, but you can include them. Medium canter and or trot in a 20-meter circle. Make sure your horse is balanced if you're going to do that. Medium canter on a diagonal. Now, one thing that wasn't mentioned on the first level score sheet that I have seen, a lengthened um, canter can also be included on a diagonal at first level. It's not on the score sheet, but it's a straight line, so it shouldn't really be an issue, but I did see someone do that early in the season, and it's not clearly listed on the score sheet. So that basically covers what's expected at training first and second level free cells on the technical side. If we're looking then at the artistic side, that's where we're working very hard. The free cell committee is working very hard as well as USEF to improve judges' education for the lower-level freestyles. Mm-hmm. FEI judges mm-hmm. get a lot of freestyle education. However, since there are so many um, requirements for the small R's and the large R's and the S's, 
the freestyle education along the way varies. So um, USEF is working on a requirement for freestyle education to have an asterisk next to your name in the judges' roster, but it's still in process. Um, we've been working on this for a long time, but it's not quite finished yet, but almost. And there is a wonderful USDF continuing education program that any anybody or any GMO can put on that um, is very extensive in information on judging of freestyles. So I would highly recommend that. And just, okay. it, yeah, let's go just quickly to the music part, because that's a huge part right. of this. On, on What are you sort of looking for at this first uh, training, first and second level? Well, it's very interesting in that uh, there's no question that when you see a good freestyle, whether someone is really trained or not, you can't miss it because the music makes the combination, especially the horse, look better. You'll see the horse kind of warming up and then the music comes on and you think, wow, look at that. I mean, it really either suits the horse's personality or it makes the rider happy so that the horse goes better. It's just very interesting to see the shift there. We talk about the music. Um, in the lower level freestyles, we have two music scores. The first one is music, suitability, seamlessness, and cohesiveness. And um, suitability means that the music enhances or detracts from the movement of the horse. An example would be overly energetic music can make an already quick mover look a little frantic or nervous. Um, another choice of music might enhance or elevate the, the gait and make the horse look a little bit more relaxed. And I've noticed that if someone hasn't ridden at high volume, oftentimes the horses really get jazzed up. Mm -hmm. So you have to be sure when you do your sound check, which everybody should do, it's, it's allowed at every USCF show, that you either, you, you know your horse can handle the volume or you watch the volume and have the sound person turn it down and this is uh, yeah this is a big deal yeah. because uh at the regional finals last year the other thing i would tell people is look where the speakers are because i happened not on purpose we were in a cover we we're an indoor arena and i was right under the speaker when i stopped and i had no idea and so when they flicked on the music i mean it really scared my guy he was a young guy he was doing third level uh, it scared him. And so I ended up doing a wheelie turn and it was, uh, it worked out okay, but it was, it was rough. And so do your sound check, show up and then yeah. look where the speakers are. <laughs> Those are my tips on this because it yeah. is a big deal. Well, show it, up. Well, and also too, um, what you hope is that the music is recorded such that it can handle higher volume because mm -hmm. the, the quality of the sound systems really varies from show to show. So anyway, you need to be sure that your music doesn't get distorted or, you know, I've, I've, I've seen people with this horrified look on their face when the music comes on because it sounds so different. So the sound check is very important. Um, and then going back to the music score, cohesiveness is a unifying feature to the music, such as genre, theme, or instrumentation. Like, for example, I judged quite a few freestyles recently in at Lamplight Equestrian Center in Chicago, and there was no question for the most part who had a theme? Someone came into Simon and Garfunkel. Someone came into Beatles. And, or it had something to do with their horse's name, you know, or, you know, something that had meaning to them. And um, that, that helps because it doesn't sound just thrown together. And sometimes if there's too much difference, you know, for example, you know, 
drums and then a flute and then, you know, uh, ragtime. You would be sitting there thinking, well, what, <laughs> what is the theme? I can't figure it out. So there should be, there should be something that someone could recognize. Seamlessness means the editing of the music. Um, and some of the best freestyles have an amazing number of edits. Um, I'm not that technically proficient, but um, even with, you know, a few edits, it should almost sound like a, a composition. It should flow from one piece to the other and not have either dead spots or um, awkward awkward cuts or overly long fades. That's a, that's a good one. Or clicks. It's real interesting um, sometimes what you hear. Um, the basis for the music score is the suitability of the music for the pair, and your cohesiveness and seamlessness are modifiers. And lyrics are unlimited in use. The only thing I would caution people about, again, with volume, sometimes lyrics are distorted. And also, the lyrics should not overpower the the horse. They shouldn't. You shouldn't be listening to the lyrics so much that you're not really focusing on the horse. So I, I think lyrics are fine, but it just shouldn't be so overpowering that um, it's distracting. That's just one one thing that I would say about that. Um, the guidelines for assessing music. If you ask yourself at the end of a ride, did the music add or detract from the horse's movement for one, two, or all three gates? Did all the pieces sound as if they belong together, like a composition? Did the music flow, or were there disturbances? And the music score is um, one that shows the writer's homework. What have they done ahead of time? Does the music fit? Is it um, suitable? And if you say yes, whether or not you like it or not, for example, I don't love some rap music, well... If it's rap music and it fits the gates and, it, and it's suitable for the horse, then it doesn't matter if I like rap music or not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but that's something to think about. You know, you're, you're definitely, you know, the judge is trained to not take personal taste into account, but you know yourself. If you hear a piece of music that you like, it's definitely, you know, you're tapping your toe and it you know, help, helps your feeling about it. Sure. Interpretation. No. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, I think that that's a big thing. And I, I always tell my, especially my pony clubbers that are doing the training level freestyles, uh, they want to put, you know, some real popular music in and, and we talk about that. And I think that's really important to note is, uh, you know, yes, the judges maybe uh, don't love rap music, but, you know, maybe it's not the right choice. Maybe it is, but uh, I always, uh, you know, tell them that. And I think that's important to know uh, an important point for sure. So. Yeah, I think music choice is important, um, and sometimes people don't don't really think about it. There are many professional uh, freestyle designers that are quite talented at matching uh, music to to horse and rider. Um, if you do it yourself, if you're uh, quite musical or computer liter and or computer literate, you can do it. It's just it's a pretty big project, so it definitely takes some prior planning. Okay, so if we go back to the score sheet. In, on the FEI freestyles, they only have one music score, which covers music and interpretation. We separate it out, which I really like, and I hope someday the FEI might consider it because it, it helps you to get more specific about what happened with the music. So if we think about interpretation, the interpretation is the relationship of the music to the movement. 
And in our USDFCE program that Terry Siapigalo spent hours and hours and hours on, she introduced, and I'm mean, along with the Judges Committee and the Freestyle Committee, the thought of the judge looking for six points of the phrasing, okay? And the phrasing is the way sequences of notes are grouped to form a musical idea. You can hear it. You listen to a piece of music and there's a change. And as we're assessing this, we look to see that there's phrasing coordination at the initial halt and salute. The first phrase change, so there's a change in the music. For the trot lengthenings, mediums or extensions, depending on the level, obviously. Canter, lengthenings, mediums or extensions. Gate transitions, if possible. And at the final halt and salute. So when you're watching really good freestyle, you'll notice the rider hits the hits the changes in the music. I, I went down to watch the freestyles at Young Riders last weekend in Parker, Colorado, and there was no question. The top several riders had a very good sense of phrasing and writing the phrasing because you would hear the music change and the rider would do something. So it was it was there were some very good ones that were very impressive in terms of the feeling for the music and how the music worked with the type of horse and the horse's gates. Dynamics are the changes between loud and soft within the music. Generally, we hear bolder music for lengthenings, mediums, or extensions. And generally, again, generally, we hear softer music for walk and then later um, at fourth level and above, canter pirouettes. Not all music has good dynamic range, so we want to, that, that goes into your music choice as well. So um, we have those two separate scores for the music. And again, the music's what you do ahead of time. The interpretation is what happens at the show. When we oftentimes see um, tension, which affects the rider's ability to perform the freestyle. So, you know, hopefully your horse is familiar with the music. Hopefully your horse is in the age. And you can really show what the horse can do. That, that's what we're all trying to do. I'm doing a first level freestyle myself this year. And, and it's been a number of years and it's an awful lot of fun. So yeah, I'm, I'm having a blast. Are. It's great. Yeah. They're really I, I, fun. I, I have never done it either. And, um, uh, you know, I, I ended up deciding with one of my students that this would be a really fun thing to do with her horse, and uh, we've been working on it, and they do. They take a lot of time, so I always do tell people, don't think you're going to show this, like, tomorrow, you know, like, give yourself time. If you're working with, with a, a professional, they need time to get some of this stuff done, and I mean, we started working on ours in Florida uh, this winter, and, and we just got the music last week and so it, it takes a while and, and some of that is because yeah. you know that was us it wasn't it wasn't a rush deal for sure uh because we've taken our time and looked at the videos and, and done all of that so uh but it really is fun and it's it's something you do like I said I've done it with one of my my clients and and we've enjoyed it and and we've laughed and and uh, enjoyed the process so um but Dolly thank you so much for coming on and talking about uh, you know this is so much information yeah. I it too. I, I know there's tons of information. Actually, we just missed a couple of things. Can I just can sure, I talk for five oh more gosh, minutes? Yes. I'll, I'll, oh, yeah. Okay, I'll try to make it fast. Please, no, no. We go. forgot to talk about on the artistic side, we went right to the music because it's what you asked me about. But yeah. before the music scores, there's a score for harmony between horse and rider. And that talks about obviously the relationship between the horse and rider. 
the partner's positive physical as well as mental and emotional connection, which shows trust and rapport, confidence, we hope, and a sense of unity. And the thing that's, that's, you know, you have to take into account for a freestyle is that there are increased demands on the rider for the freestyle to stay on the beat of the music, interpret the music, and a harmonious freestyle should be truly appreciated. And that's one place where that mark will be affected by the success of the freestyle. And if we talk a little bit, we'll, we'll make it short, but if we talk a little bit about choreography, the choreography is quite important. It's your floor plan. And it's the design of your floor plan. Was it cohesive? Was it easy to follow? Did you use the whole arena? Did you use some different lines? Were you creative? Were you on the quarter lines? Were you on the center line? You know, what did you do in terms of combinations that might be a little bit different than your standard test? Um, sometimes we see comments on tests that talks about a test of free cell being test-like. Well, unless it's a direct series of movements from a, from a current test, it can't be called test-like. It can't be old test. It can't be even a slight change because with some of these levels, as later on we talk about third or fourth level, it's very difficult not to, if you're going to do a shoulder in and a half pass, you can, you can change the order a little bit, but basically there aren't too many ways to show that creatively. So I mean, there are some, but so you have to be a little careful that you don't get too strict on what is test-like. Um, when we look at it, we should be a little bit surprised. I don't mean, you know, shock surprised, but we should say, oh, that's interesting. Look at that, How, where they rode that. I think that sometimes competitors get a little confused and they are trying to be creative to a point where you cannot figure out what they're doing. So oftentimes, and I know in speaking to the judges from the finals, the USDF finals last year, they said that oftentimes the simpler freestyles, the simpler patterns scored better because it was very clear what they were doing and they did it technically very well. So keep your choreography interesting, but clear to the judge. Make sure you use the whole arena. Make sure that the judge can see what you're doing. Um, degree of difficulty. Obviously, as we go up the levels, this becomes more important or more important or more um, achievable. And while we expect FEI riders to, to select appropriate difficulty for their level, our USDF national level riders should concentrate on a clean, well-constructed choreography within the capability of their horse. And I think that's quite important. And if you think about, I'm not going to go into great detail on this, but if you think about exceeding the expectation for the highest test of the level, let's say first level test three, in order to do that, you would have to show a steeper angle in the leg yield, or you would have to show um, a more difficult counter canter combination than is included in first level test three. If you do that, then you should expect a score of at least a seven or higher. I mean, for me, if it's well done, really, it should be at least a 7.5 or maybe possibly an eight. Um, if someone did intentionally perf perform movements above the level, that, that would not raise a degree of difficulty score. And the one thing I think to really keep in mind with degree of difficulty is your horse has to be able to perform whatever you're asking them to do 
fairly easily and willingly. So if you try to make it too difficult, then your degree of difficulty score is negatively affected. Okay? So that, that's, that's pretty important. Yeah. That makes um, sense. So, yeah. So those are all the artistic impression scores on the right side of the lower level freestyle. And then the judge will make some further remarks if they have time. And basically will give you a little bit of an impression of what they saw. Um, there's no question in my mind that to some degree our FEI freestyles are a technical ride that is musically enhanced. In the lower level freestyles, I really think we have, because of our, the differences in our artistic scores and separating music and interpretation, we can have higher artistic marks than just the strict technical percentage if the music and the interpretation are good. So that's one way I've seen examples of a, you're not a huge moving horse who's very correctly trained, put in a terrific freestyle. And they're not huge movers, but they just, they're so well on the aids and the music is so much fun and, and really suits the horse. And you, they get done and you're smiling and you just think, well, that was fun. Had to be fun to ride, much less to judge. So it's, um, it's really, I'm an area I'm very passionate about and I feel <laughs> very strongly. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really fun. I would highly recommend that if someone enjoys music and they really uh, like to ride to music, they should think about doing a lower level freestyle. Well, Dolly, thank you so much for all of this information. It's fantastic. And like you said, there's lots of information online. Um, and, and how would our listeners find you online if they have any more questions? Well, um, I have um, a website um, under my name, Dolly Hand and Dressage, and um, I'm also always available through uh, the USDF office. Uh, my liaison, Sharon Vanderzeel, fields many questions about freestyles during the year, so I'm always available through that venue as well. Fantastic. Thank you so much. You're welcome. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. For this week's Total Saddle Fit tip of the week, uh, Phil's got a listener question and uh, Ben stayed on to chat with us a little bit about this tip. So Phil, what is the tip? Well, uh, I saw Vera, at, and who is a great listener, has probably listened to us from, you know, when we started doing the show, and she asked us, she asked me if I could, you know, intro this segment uh, for the Total Saddle Fit Trainer Tip about uh, stabilizing the lower leg or how to ride, you know, with a more stable leg in general, and, you know, sort of as a, uh, as a positional tip, and, and I think that it, this is a really common problem, so I thought we could cover it, and that would be great. What do you think, Reese? Yeah, let's go for it. Well, what do you what do your what do you tell your students who have a, a lower leg that bounces around a bit or needs to be more stabilized? What are you doing at home to uh, help with this problem? Yeah. So Ben, do you want? Yeah, Ben, go for it. You start it. Okay. Um, well, first of all, a lot of times what I see are that the stirrups are too long. I think if you're reaching for the stirrups, you know, and you don't have enough weight in the stirrup, it's going to make it really hard for your leg to be stable. Um, so I think, you know, we want the leg to be long, but I don't think you get a longer leg by having too long of a stirrup. So I would shorten the stirrup, you know, just 
appropriately a hole or two. And um, it's I think it's important that the rider doesn't grip. And sometimes when the horse is a little bouncy or it's out of rhythm, you know, I think we try really hard to keep our leg on and in the process start gripping with the knee or gripping with the thigh. I think the leg has to be, it has to be on, but it has to be supple and it has to like hang down all the way from your hip socket, not just, it probably doesn't start at the lower leg when the lower leg is so wiggly. Um, and then I like to tell people, think about putting weight on your little toe in the stirrup so that this toe stay in and you keep weight on the stirrup bar. That is something I think that would help. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think that that is the number one thing. I think some people, you know, they, they think, oh, we're dressage riders. You know, I really have to have a really, really long leg. And not necessarily. I mean, you need to have your leg where you're comfortable having your leg, where the line of your shoulder hip to heel will, will align. The other thing is um, if somebody has a really bouncy lower leg, we, I, if, if they're comfortable – uh, and I have an indoor arena, so we can easily uh, take the stirrups away. That is also something that I like right. to do is like, okay, you know, uh, obviously that's a strength thing a lot of times. And, and the other thing is, is the rider also maybe very um, stiff in their hip flexor. So, you know, that's, that's one of the things that, you know, if they're that stiff with a hip flexor, uh, that will also not encourage them to go through with their seat. So that's the other thing is I really like to, um, you know, look at that and, and go from there. So um, th- those are a couple things that I would do. Um, ride without stirrups. And if you do have your stirrups, make sure that you have the correct uh, length of stirrup. And then it becomes a, r- a real strength thing. And um, I think some posting trot to sitting trot transitions uh, will also really help with that. So, Phil, well, how about you? Yeah, I think the, uh, the thing that to, for me, uh, you know, and then Ben covered it a little bit, is about, you know, the lower leg becomes bouncy when the upper leg and is gripping, right? Or the knee is pinching and that just destabilizes, you know, everything above it and everything below it. So you're going to have a very stable, if you're gripping with your leg, you're going to have a very stable thigh, but everything else is just going to bounce around. So you have to make sure your thighs and your inner thigh stays really, really relaxed and that you're really, um, you know, when you're doing sitting trot, you're sitting with your core. And when you're in rising trot, um, or like the tip again from Ben that about, you know, trying to stand a little bit on the outside of your foot, not on the ball of your foot. Because if you find yourself on the balls of your foot, then, you know, that's going to cause your leg to straighten out maybe a little bit too much. And then, and then it comes forward and back. And, you know, it just doesn't work as well. Um, you know, for the beginners, when I, when I uh, you know, teach the beginner lessons, I do... Uh, quite a bit of two points so they're not challenged by the sitting trot but they're learning how to really take their weight down you know through their heels a little bit more to help stabilize that lower leg and uh until the core is strong enough to sit really more correctly and 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 to take the leg off of the off of the saddle a little bit i mean uh yeah you know everything that we talk about almost every week applies to this because the you know the entire body has to work together for it to to look pretty good right so um yeah any any other thoughts guys oh i think that that, that's a really good coverage ben how about you um no one other thing maybe like sometimes it's especially in the posting when people are posting a little bit out of the rhythm and they get a little bit of a double bounce and they sit or stand up i think it's important that your legs swing the same way as the horse moves so and that's maybe a bit more of a beginner thing, but that's something to keep in mind as well. 
that you're really in sync with the horse and not going against it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. You got, you got to go with the movement. You got to try and become one with the horse, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the, I, like that. the goal, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just to just to sort of again, you know, I'm thinking about absorbing all of the motion of the horse uh, with with uh you know with with the core muscles and with the middle of your body, so that your arms and your legs are not swinging around and and getting out of balance. So, um, yeah, yeah. I think that's where the art is in it, and that's why we all get so addicted to it. Because you can never be good enough. You'll never yeah, get. You never, the yeah, you never tent. feel perfect. I mean, I'm right. constantly <laughs> working on my leg position. That's one of the. That's one of the the banes of my life. Is you know, yeah, all of us. Yeah, my leg wants yeah. to be a little too straight and come a little bit in front of me, and then I get problems. So, yeah, I mean, I gotta, you know, you gotta remember to keep that bend in your leg, right? Because your if your leg gets too straight, then it, you know, the whole thing becomes unglued. Well, Ben, thanks so much for spending a little extra time with us on our Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week. How would our listeners find you online? Uh, the best way to find me is Facebook. Um, my business page is BP Dressage. It's open so anybody can see it and like it. Um, uh, website is bpdressage.com. Um, and my Instagram is BP Dressage as well. And there's my email information and even my cell phone is on my website. So... Yeah, that's where they can find me. Call me, text ben. me, email me. <laughs> I love it. Well, thanks, Ben, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. This tip brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. We're going to talk about the new girth that uh, Justin has. And Phil and I have both tried this girth, and it's fantastic. So, Phil, take it away. I've had it. It's called, uh, for quite a bit, it's called the Stretch Tech Shoulder Relief Girth. It has all the same awesome qualities and features of the shoulder relief girth, only that this one has a triangular elastic center that, um, that allows the horse's chest to expand and, uh, it makes a softer contact with the horse's sternum. So it's, it's taken all the qualities of that nice shoulder relief girth and enhanced them even further. And uh, made an awesome girth to allow your horse to breathe a little better. Um, it fits awesome. It, you know, it allows the, sh- the shoulder freedom that we've talked about. Puts your saddle in the exact right place where you want it to stay on. And uh, and I, I mean, it's just it's been great. It's uh, a wonderful product. I've been using it for a while. I like I like to test things out to see if they you know mm-hmm. stand up to the rigorous training schedule, work schedule of of the horses that we have. And I've used it almost every day and it's it's been a, a really great growth i think it's even better than the shoulder relief growth um because it's got it's got more liners you can you have options you know what you want mm-hmm. to be on the, against the horse so i have the the leather one and what i've really been liking is the the neoprene liner which yes. is easy you can take it off hose it down or put it in the wash or whatever and it's been extremely durable and it fit forms to the horse really in an awesome way so um, we thank Justin for for sending us that, and I think uh, we got to try and get people interested in this product because it is a great, great product made by Total Saddle Fit. Well, we really enjoyed the segment with Dolly Hannon today, and I've been enjoying this with all the judges. And Dolly was great. She offered 
um, for our Facebook or email shout-outs. If you have any freestyle questions, she was great and said she would come back on the show and talk about any of those questions and answer any questions that you have. So our email and Facebook shout-outs, send us some questions uh, about freestyle. says they get a lot of them at the, at mm-hmm. the USDF about, about freestyle. So we want to try and cover as many as we can for our show and get it out to the listeners so that she has an easier job. And judges have an easier job judging the freestyles, and, and we can get a lot of information about, about the lower-level freestyles out there. Absolutely. So send that to us, and uh, we'll make sure we get them to her. So uh, as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. The best way to find me is on Facebook. Just search Philip Parks, or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a great show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down, your shoulders back, and enjoy watching the Olympics on every one of your... TVs, devices, etc. Let's keep the let's let's keep the horses in the Olympics. That's so. right. <laughs> we stream will that stuff. Stream it, <laughs> and uh, we will talk to you next week.